You're listening to Real Conversations about faith in the world we live in. Welcome to Truth Be Told. Well, welcome once again to uh, Truth Be Told, uh, our show. I'm Father John Fleckenstein, pastor of St. Philip's uh, in Battle Creek. And in this show that we've begun, Truth Be Told, is an opportunity for us to just have conversations with special guests to, to uh, bring out truths of the, uh, the Catholic faith, but also just to kind of explore uh, people's minds, their hearts, and how that ties into their own faith journey and how that teaches um, people, teaches people in terms of uh, what the church believes and how it is that we live that out. And so it's been a very exciting beginning, and uh, so far it's being received very well by lots of people, and that's something that we are very excited about. So once again today, we are privileged to have uh, the Bishop of the Diocese of Kalamazoo, Bishop Paul Bradley, with us. And Bishop, welcome. Thanks very much, Father John. I, I, you talk about exciting. I, I'm very excited, uh, first of all, that you're doing these, these kinds of programs. And uh, so thank you for that. You're welcome. And um, uh, thank you for the opportunity to be a part of uh, this discussion. Well, you're very welcome. And we're very excited. And let's be honest, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's a using a way that is uh, so necessary and is so um, accepted by so many people when it comes to podcasts or going on websites or whatever it might be, we have a lot of confidence and hope that this uh, is going to be something that's exciting. And again, something different. I want it to be more than just having a topic of the day and we explain it. It's, I think mm-hmm. it's great just to have a, uh, a general conversation, casual conversation, and then truth be told, we'll come, uh, we'll, we'll come out of that. So True. Bishop, True. Uh, today I would like to uh, have us talk a little bit about uh, the Sacrament of Confirmation. And we've already talked before on a previous show about how the worldwide pandemic has had so many different effects. It's much more, we all know, than, than and we pray for, of course, those who have um, have the disease or who have been uh, who have been physically ill or those who have died uh, as a result. We certainly remember and keep them in prayer. But there are also many victims. In fact, I think we are all victims of COVID-19. And I would say that really until this current generation, uh, all please God returns home to God, that there are elements of being victims of COVID that is going to be talked about for a very, very long time. And today I thought we'd talk specifically about the importance of the Sacrament of Confirmation, because I know it's something that is uh, very close and very important to your heart, um, in part, but not totally, but in part because uh, of your role as a bishop and and. Uh, but I also know, and just in terms of the sacrament, which is so misunderstood, and frankly, I would say um, misused or not uh, people not understanding uh, that it is something that the sacrament and its gifts are something that we need so bad as well. We need it badly. And so, uh, Bishop, I was wondering, you know, if you could talk a little bit about, uh, first of all, just the significance and the importance of the sacrament of confirmation. Well, I think the way you just framed that, uh, Father John, is, is is very, very well done. The Sacrament of Confirmation, of course, is uh, one of the three sacraments of initiation in, uh, in our Catholic faith. Um, but it usually, and always does, um, it, uh, but it usually is received later on in, in a person's young life. So, um, but theologically and sacramentally, uh, it 
we understand it to complete the initiation into the faith. So um, uh, baptism begins us on the journey of faith. The Eucharist strengthens us along the way. Confirmation completes that um, initiation. Sometimes people understand confirmation to be, well, that's all the sacraments now I need to receive, right. you know, so that's it for me. Right. And, and really it should be just the other way around. It's, it's, it, now you're, as it's I, the try to, that's right. As I try to uh, sometimes say in my little homilies to, to those that are being received, you're not, you're not done. You're just now ready. Um, because now, you, now you can say you've received everything you need in order to go forth right. to be what we call what Jesus called and what we've picked up on the, his disciples, missionary disciples going forth to proclaim the good news. And so in your role uh, specifically as a bishop, maybe you could explain uh, for people that don't know in terms of the conferral of the sacrament of confirmation and where that comes from, that it's something that is normally, in fact, almost always uh, conferred by, by the bishop. Can you talk a little bit about that? It's where that comes from, uh, you know, and just personally, how that affects you not uh, being able or, or making the decision to not confirm yourself. And we'll talk about delegation a little bit, but maybe just talk a little bit about the sacrament, what the bishop's role is, and how you feel about the sacrament and being able to confer this sacrament. Well, in, in, in our um, uh, Roman Catholic faith, the bishop is, uh, the, there are two sacraments that are reserved to the bishop to, to be celebrated, ordinations um, for, for priesthood, the diaconate, holy orders, and um, confirmation. They're, they're, uh, it, it just shows the, the real significance of that, those uh, sacraments that um, give the, the bishop the, the important um, responsibility of conferring the sacrament. To, uh, and so therefore it means that the bishop goes and has the opportunity to spend time with those to be confirmed throughout the diocese. Uh, for me, um, that as, as, as a bishop, that's always been a high point of, uh, of, of my responsibilities. I love being able to celebrate the sacrament of confirmation. Sure. And over the course of the 15 years I've been a bishop, I, I've kind of lost a little bit of track of how many uh, young people. But I Isn't always in the neighborhood of 15,000 or something like that. I think I saw it written yes, somewhere. Yes, and um, and uh, so I, uh, it's a great privilege for me. It's a great joy uh, because it's a it's a happy moment. It's a it's a special moment in the life of the young people in the parish. So. Um, uh, so yes, that's why uh, for me it's been a high point of, of what a, what my life as a bishop has been. Sure. Now you could have made the decision to say that no one will be confirmed until a certain period. Uh, you know that more restrictions are lifted and things like that. But you chose not to do that. You decided instead to um, give the uh, opportunity. I would put it as, as a priest, but uh, a dele the delegation to confer the sacrament of confirmation to the pastors of various parishes. Could you talk a little bit about uh, what it means in terms of what is delegation and why you felt it was important to carry forward now um, to make sure that young people especially were confirmed now and not waiting until yeah. who knows when? Well, I think, uh, as you just put it, there was a choice of um, whether whether we just delay the celebration of the sacrament of confirmation until 
all these restrictions are lifted. And uh, so I struggled with that uh, decision because uh, to me, it's it's that important that uh, that the bishop be the one to be able to celebrate this particular sacrament. On the other hand, uh, not knowing how long we might be under these restrictions would mean um, uh, keeping this sacrament from those young people who have been prepared and really need this sacrament. Mm -hmm. It's not just, uh, as I often try to say, it's not just another thing on your to-do box, your spiritual to-do box that you check off. Well, that's done. Um, it's, it's really giving what a, a young person needs uh, in order to help them be ready to live their lives as, as good, strong Catholics. And so uh, the better choice in my mind was to allow for the sacrament to be celebrated, and that would take an extraordinary, meaning exceptional, um, way of having that be done, and that would be to delegate uh, the pastors, only the pastors, not just any priest that uh, was available, but the pastor of souls who is charged, who, who really stands in for the bishop anyhow. The pastor is the, the pastor of the whole diocese. Um, obviously, since I, I can't be everywhere, uh, pastors are delegated to be the, the presence of, of the bishop there for that particular parish, uh, charged with those same responsibilities to teach, to lead, to help people grow in holiness. So um, uh, that was the, the reason for the delegation, uh, and it's a special process that I'm sure we'll probably talk about if you would like, but um, it, it's just to give to the pastor that delegation responsibility uh, to celebrate. So, and have many parishes, uh, are pastors done this already at this point? Yes, uh, we've been... Uh, We've been monitoring it closely um, because I can't be there, uh, but I w would love to be there. I've been trying to find ways to to stay closely involved with the celebration of each of the sacrament, each of the uh, parishes that are celebrating this sacrament of confirmation. So um, uh, I, I've prepared a, a video a message to each of the uh, groups. Uh, classes uh, of uh, confirmation candidates that speaks directly to them, that tells them um, what my understanding of the sacrament of confirmation is and how I wish I could be there with them. Uh, so so they, they hopefully each group is, is uh, receiving that video and seeing that video. I still sign each of the cards, uh, the re little remembrance cards uh, with a prayer on it uh, for each of them that are uh, delivered to them. I wrote uh, a pastoral letter uh, to the confirmation candidates called Becoming a Joyful Catholic Disciple, and that's been sent directly to each of the candidates' homes just before they're to be confirmed. And then on the day that they're confirmed, I offer my Mass that day in um, for, the, for their intentions. And I try to let them know that I'm doing that through the pastor uh, of that particular. So I think so far we've had about um, maybe... 12 of our parishes that have probably had celebrations of the sacrament already and many more that are scheduled. Now, the kids, uh, they not only do their own preparation with their instructors, their catechists or their teachers in the Catholic schools or religious ed, whatever it might be, uh, they write letters still to you, right? Even though, even uh, in general, they have written letters to you in the past. Yes. And what have you seen uh, in the past from those letters? What have you noticed that... Uh, 
kids write about? Do they have a good understanding of uh, the sacrament, do you think? Well, I, I think for the most part they do. Uh, keep in mind that uh, these uh, these candidates, for the most part in our diocese, uh, are in eighth grade or thereabouts. Right. I say in our diocese because that can vary right. from diocese to diocese. I was seventh grade when I was confirmed, right. so yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think I was in sixth grade, okay. actually, but I was advanced. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the middle someplace there. <laughs> uh, no, um, no, we, we usually follow the practice of eighth grade or older. Uh, so we sometimes have uh, young people that are in ninth grade or tenth grade or sometime in someplace in uh, high school. Um, so so keeping in mind that they're still developing, uh, yes, I think the letters range from really greatly insightful to, well, there's an adequate understanding right. there that they, that they know what they're uh, about to receive. Um, now, there was one parish that still did send letters to me. Uh, for the most part, I assume that they're writing their letters to their pastors okay. at this point. Okay. Because I know that uh, there have been uh, places, in fact, I think our kids uh, were going to or they have uh, written letters to you. I don't think I've received them. Maybe they're not Maybe they're not finished yet, or I haven't had a chance to make sure to go through them and edit them to make sure they're appropriate oh. <laughs> to send them. But, uh, well, yeah, this is important to have. Uh, Bishop, could you talk a little bit about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, why it is that that is so very important to us and how we tap into those gifts? It's not just something nice that we hear about. Right. Well, you know, the, 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 the gift is the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, you know, in fact, that's the, that's the formula. You know, when the priest, in, in our case now, delegated pastor, or when the bishop typically confirms, he, he says, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the gift uh, that uh, Jesus has provided to, to us through this sacrament. But as we know, the Holy Spirit then um, unleashes, we might say, uh, the, all of these various um, up, uh, abilities to have a greater sense of what, what we define as the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. So uh, wisdom and understanding and counsel and fortitude, also known as courage, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord, that we sometimes refer to as wonder and awe. Those, um, those qualities, spiritual qualities that enable us to understand, uh, not only understand our faith, but to live our faith. Mm -hmm. So um, in the, the great example of, of the, the confirmation that took place was on the Feast of Pentecost, when sure. the Holy Spirit came and transformed the apostles from fearful guys that were still cowering in an upper room into these incredibly courageous and brave people that went forth and began to transform the world. Well, and mentioned that's a good uh, segue into talking about uh, what it means to be um, in terms of mis missionary discipleship, uh, because that's really what happened after Pentecost. The disciples, they went out, they were out on their mission. And so uh, what would you say today to people in terms of uh, having received the sacrament, having received uh, the gifts, fruits of the Holy Spirit, uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what do you do with that? I mean, that's that's great. Now what do I do with it? Yeah. Well, you know, I think there's the difference between um, what I'm inclined to do and finding the the ability to do. You know, we can be taught. Uh, here, well, here's what faith is all about. These eighth grade 
uh, young people can understand the the what confirmation is. But how do I stand up um, for another person that's being bullied when I see something it's like that taking example. place? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I might say, "Well, I don't want to get involved because they might turn on me," and yet. Jesus would want us to say, "Hey, that's not right. You know, you can't, you shouldn't do that." Or how do we, how do we stay strong and virtuous in a world that you know regards now sexuality as just commonplace and just recreational sport? You know, uh, but how how do we maintain that gift of chastity right. and uh, impurity, um, protecting the great gift of virginity until marriage? So those are. Those are things where we actually find we need God's help in order to have the strength to do that. Those are where these gifts come in. Sure. And tying those in with, um, as you. Baptism. Uh, there are. Uh, Confirmation has been delayed and for, for many young people. Um, and also, the sacrament of the Eucharist for a long time was, except for maybe on television or to a limited number of people, uh, was something that uh, was not possible for people in general. Um, as you have talked about the delegation of the ability to confer the sacrament of, of uh, confirmation, we also are in a time when um, you have offered a dispensation when it comes to attending Mass. Is there a way to kind of look at that right now or to see right now? Because I think that ties together fa- fairly well. If you look at the Sacrament of Confirmation and what you're called to do within the sacrament, and then we also see in the Sacrament of the Eucharist in the Mass, you have a dispensation right now, but it's not quite used, I think, in exactly the way that you uh, have completely intended in terms of the dispensation. And I think the power of the Holy Spirit can help with that. Does that make sense or what I'm trying to convey? Sure, sure. Um, you know, the, the, um, during, during this period of time, whenever there, there's a, a certain still a fear uh, about where can we go and how can we, how can we do what we're supposed to be doing in a safe and healthy way? One of those things includes coming to Mass. So from the very beginning, when when we had to consciously conclude or dispense from or uh, delay any practice, a public celebration of the of the Masses, uh, well, obviously people, if you can't come, then you're dispensed. Right. I mean, you have no obligation. We as Catholics uh, operate under the fact that we have an obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's people want to see that as as a burden. Uh, really, it's a great gift. You know, we are obliged to, to we're obliged to love our parents. You know, because they deserve it. So um, we're obliged to come to God to, because he he deserves our at least weekly um, uh, worship. So when you're not able to do that, well, you're certainly not held to an obligation. So one of the ways that I, as the, as the bishop of the diocese, can help people to, to feel the relief from that sense of obligation is to, to assure them that they're dispensed from this obligation. Uh, but always uh, it's been with the understanding that, uh, especially since we've been able to now return to, right. to public uh, masses to some degree, as you pointed out, you know, just in the uh, 
with limitations for sure. So every the dispensation still applies, but uh, if people are able to come to Mass, they should come to Mass. Right. Um, but we're not dispensed and we're never dispensed from the third commandment, which reminds us that we have to keep holy the Lord's day. So, you know, just because you're dispensed from coming to Mass doesn't mean that, well, Sunday now just becomes, you know, another Friday. Sure. You know? Right. It, it should be a special day. And it should be a day where if we're not able to come to Mass, but we should be spending some time in a prayerful reflection and uh, keeping uh, scripture or whatever it might yeah, be yeah, a good opportunity right so yes well, and when one is uh, confirmed you know i think a good thing for people to do when they're discerning uh whether it's good for them personally healthy health-wise or circumstances that may be very genuine to say that no i really can't go mm -hmm. right now to mass i think a good place to go is to prayer to the to the Holy Spirit that for enlightenment of one's heart and one one's mind and one's soul to be able to say what's what's best for me and what what can I do what am I able to do right mm -hmm. now I wanted to tie those two things together because I just think that uh, that those those gifts the power of the Holy Spirit through the sacrament can really it's like any gift you can receive a gift but if you stick it up on a shelf uh, then it just sits there and you're not you never use whatever it is that's been given to you mm -hmm. and i think it's the the power of the holy spirit that can uh, really inspire one's mind and heart to be able to say okay it's it's time for me and i really through the creative ways in which parishes have uh, offer or are offering mass um it's time for me to go back it's it's possible for me to go back well you know we're and we're we're never while we might be a dispense from the obligation to come to mass because there are certain safety considerations that we have to keep in mind uh, we're not dispensed from being Catholic. We're not dispensed from our, our Christianity. We're not dispensed from loving one another. Right. Uh, we're not dispensed from concern for the poor and all of those things. And again, I think the gifts of the Holy Spirit through the sacrament of confirmation help us to come to a deeper understanding of that's an obligation that I'm taking on myself. Right. It's not because somebody's insisting unless you do these couple of hours of uh, service projects you're not going to be confirmed right, right. well you know that's a good training but uh, at, at at the time of confirmation that should become more second nature to us that we that we do those kinds of practices charity starting with being kind to our brothers and sisters sure. and being respectful for our, to our parents at home um, but taking into account every other aspect of, of life. We're not dispensed from that ever. It's a great way for us to conclude this time together. Um, and Bishop, again, thank you for being with us today and take, giving us the opportunity to hear about the sacrament, truth be told, about mm -hmm. the sacrament, but also just your own personal experience. I think that's really important for people to know. And, and I think it's a great gift that God has given you to have such a desire to confirm. I'm not sure um, every everyone in the world would quite feel that feel that way, but I think it's very obvious with you. And so thank you for sharing all that with us. Would you help us uh, conclude for us with a, a prayer and a blessing? Sure. And thank you, Father John, for, for this great program. Loving and gracious God, we do give you thanks and praise, and we especially thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for uh, that same spirit that gives us the ability to acknowledge you, 
and to see you and to value your presence in the lives of all of our sisters and brothers. So we ask that you continue to fill us with those gifts to help us to have the courage and the joy of being your faithful disciples in the world. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Again, Bishop, thank you very much. I hope you'll come back again to uh, share more with us. Be glad to. Look forward to it. Well, thank you all for joining us on Truth Be Told, and we look forward to our next conversation as we continue to see how God works in our lives.